Happy Mother's Day again. All right. I just want to make, we're going to have to wait on B. Ross um, just a minute. Look, well, we want to take an opportunity to recognize our mothers today. Let's see, Mr. Hall, did you get some of your guys to help me this morning? And Miss Dana, are some of your girls going to help me today? Youth girls, come on, y'all know who you are. Jason Hall's class, guess guys. All right, see, I don't want you up here. I'm just kidding. Look, we want we got a little gift for all the mothers. Uh, Jake, I'll let you preach some other time. So if y'all would, take these uh, baskets and make sure all of our mothers get one of these gifts. All right. Let's see which one's going to be a gentleman to carry the basket for you, Hannah. Okay, go sit down. Thank you, Hannah. Thanks for participating. Uh, these, these, uh, okay. I'm going to make sure. All right, y'all don't forget over here, guys. So, look, while they're doing that, we want to take just an opportunity to recognize a few special mothers uh, this morning. And so we want to begin, as we do, with our, um, our oldest mother. Okay. Our oldest mother. Now, let's see. If you're 90 and older, raise your hand. All right. We got two. All right. 91. All right. I'm not even going to go through this. Miss Robin. You win. Amen. Miss Robbie, before you leave, okay, before you leave, I want you to come and pick out a flower, okay, just for you, okay? We love you and we're thankful for you. Amen? All right. Now, let's see. I want, we need to recognize the one with the most kids. Alright, let's see. Michelle, how many you got? Eight! Praise the Lord, right? Chris, is your quiver full? Way over. Bible says, blessed is a man whose quiver is full. Porkchop told us a few weeks ago, quiver 13, right? I was listening. All right. You ain't full yet. All right, well, Miss Michelle, I want to, want to invite you at the end of the service to come pick out a flower for you, okay? Uh, let's see, on my list. Let's see. Now, I want to recognize this morning the, the mother who has been mother the longest. That means oldest child, okay? Mother who, who's mother the longest. So that means if you have a, how many, anybody, anybody have a child 70 and older? Everybody, y'all, y'all are looking at Miss Robbie and Miss, um, that's wrong, that's wrong, y'all. How, 60 and older. All right, yeah, okay. Yeah, all right, let's, let's start. 69. 
All right, Miss Margie, you got. Uh, we won't ask you how old, but Miss Margie, you are our longest-standing mother. How's that sound? And so, Miss Margie, we want to make sure you get a, a plant before you leave, too. Okay. All right. God bless you. Let's see. On my list, I've got the newest mother. I want to do this in two ways this morning. I want to do this newest birth mother. Newest birth mother. Three months and under. Anybody? Four months? Start say, Penny, how old is the baby? Four months old. So, Miss Penny, anybody else four, under four months? Lauren! How old? Three months. Mr. Kingston, right? All right, so three months. So, Lauren, you are our newest birth mother. Okay? Sorry. I told you I like preaching. I don't like all this other stuff. No. Um, congratulations. want you to get a flower. Um, now, I say this because newest non-birth mother, um, and I'm doing this today uh, because I want to, okay? Because uh, many of you, you got the text this week, Jeff and Amanda Howard are now foster parents. They uh, they got their license at 5 o'clock, right? On Thursday, and at 8 o'clock on Friday, they had a baby. I mean, Thursday. So... Um, crazy thing is, it's twins. Welcome. <laughs> so we praise the Lord for you. Amanda, want to uh, want to invite you to pick up a flower as well. Anybody else get a foster child in the last three days? Okay. All right. So Amanda, please, before you leave, make sure Jeff gets you a flower. Or carries the baby out so you can get one. Um, and the last one I want to recognize this this morning is the sweetest mother. Now the fight starts. Are you kidding? This is my opinion only. And uh, I, I want to uh, to recognize. Now, Miss Beverly said that in the past y'all have recognized the first lady of the church. And uh, the, I call her the sweetest mother. So honey, you get to pick a flower when you, at the end of the service. Okay. Well played. Brownie points. No, I'm kidding. That's what pork chop said, not what I said. Oh, and so we, we want to say thank you all, ladies, for what you do um, as as mothers uh, that are investing not just um, to feed your children, to clothe your children, but are investing spiritually in your children. And... Um, and this morning, I want to take just a few minutes to uh, to um, talk to you from God's Word about a mother's influence. You know, all my life I've heard um, I, I've heard the saying. Uh, get get your Bible, turn to Second Timothy chapter one. All my life I've heard the saying: um, If we'll get the children, we'll get the parents. Y'all know what I'm talking about. If we can get kids to come into the church, and we can get them to Jesus, then we can reach their parents. Statistics say that that is exactly the opposite of the truth. Statistics say 
that if you get the parents, you get the kids. As a matter of fact, it goes from about 20% uh, of reaching the family after you reach a child to 70 to 75% uh, of reaching the entire family if you reach the mom. Now, dads in here, I don't want you to put this off today because really we're going to talk about godly parenting. It jumps even higher to 93% of the, uh, of the time the whole family comes to Christ when dad follows Christ. But today is Mother's Day, and, and I want you to recognize that, that a mother's influence is crucial to the spiritual lives of her children. Abraham Lincoln said, All that I am or hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. Y'all heard that one before, I'm sure. Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote, People are what their mothers make them. Lord Shaftesbury said, Give me a generation of Christian mothers, and I will undertake to change the whole face of society in 12 months. The influence of a godly mother. 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul writes, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as did my ancestors with a clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere or genuine faith. A faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Or sound mind. A mother's influence. Our biblical truth today is this. The consistent and intentional influence of a godly mother bears fruit for generations. When you look at this passage, Paul addressing the, uh, the pastor, the young man, the, uh, the young pastor named Timothy, he is writing to encourage him uh, in his faith, in his ministry, in his walk with the Lord. And he begins with these encouraging words, I'm reminded of you, I pray for you, I'm reminded of, uh, of what's gone on in your life, I'm reminded of your tears, your, your passion, your, your heart for, for Christ and your heart for the ministry. And he says this, I'm reminded of your sincere faith. I think when you look at, at, at this, you see the goal of, of godly parenting. The goal of godly parenting is sincere faith in their children. Paul says to Timothy, hey, hey Tim, I, I see it in you. I, I see it in you. I witnessed it. I know because I've been with you. I've seen how you have lived and therefore... I am reminded of that sincere faith. You know, what is a sincere faith? A sincere faith is not a casual faith. It's not a convenient faith. It's not something that is, that is fluctuating in and out. A sincere faith is one that, that is, is a mark of one's life. 
That is that when people encounter you, they don't encounter everything else about you and then one day just notice a tag at the end of the story that says, oh yeah, he was a Christian. Or, oh yes, he was a Christian. A sincere faith is, is a mark that is obvious, that is noted in one's life because faith is everything about a person. Faith, sincere faith. It's a faith that's claimed. It's a faith that is stated. I believe. I believe the gospel. A statement. How many of you would say this morning that you are a, a child of God? That you, by grace, through faith, have, have trusted Christ as Savior? I don't have a problem acknowledging that. I have. Praise the Lord. But a, a, a statement of faith must be backed up by a verified uh, life of faith. You see, a faith that a genuine faith, a, a, a sincere faith is not just a claim we make. It is a life that verifies the, the proof. The proof is in the pudding. Y'all heard that before? I'm thinking like a pudding bowl, right? How do you know how good pudding is? You taste it. Well, I, I did a little research on this and I found that pudding in Britain when this this saying became famous was not about a sweet pudding like we think of. It was about sausage. <laughs> and and how sausage is packed. All these different things that make up sausage are stuffed into that intestine. This is gross, right? You ever watch how a hot dog's made? You'll never eat one again. Not necessarily true because it didn't work that way for me. But, when, when you when you see this all this stuffing that's put in there, uh, the only way you know how good it is, you can tell that it's good by the smell of it when it's cooking. But the only way you really know how good that that food is, whether it's pudding or sausage or whatever, is to taste, to experience, to verify it with your taste buds. And the reality is this: that when it comes to our walk with Christ. We can say all we want to, but if our lives don't back it up, then our faith is not verified before the world, before our families, before our friends, before our co-workers. So a, a sincere faith, the goal of godly parenting is not just to have someone say, uh, yes, I, I prayed that prayer. Oh, I was baptized when I was a kid. A sincere faith is one that is backed up by a sincere lifestyle and that is, is growing faith. A, a growing faith, a, a maturing faith, a, a fruitful faith. It, it is one that, that bears with joy underneath the burdens of this life. That walks with, with security when everything around us seems so insecure. We can be secure in our great God. We we were talking over... Uh, they were they were talking. They were talking. I wasn't there. Uh, over coffee and donuts this morning. And they were talking politics. Now look, they say you can't mix faith and politics. If a politician doesn't mix his faith, I don't want him. But uh, look, because faith ought to be about everything. Look, so don't tell me I can't talk politics. I'm, I can talk politics. Right? I ain't talking politics today. I want you to know this. I'm not trusting in either one of the candidates, any one of them, because my hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when the world seems so insecure, 
my God reigns. It's a maturing faith, a growing faith. And, and it's seen in the course of events of life. And so as you, you see this sincere faith, we cling tight and we grow in that and we, we walk firmly in that. But how do we know how to do that? How did Timothy know how to do that? Paul says, I look at you and I remember that sincere faith that you had. That was first seen in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice. Where did Timothy know how to walk with the Lord? Where did Timothy first hear the Gospel? It wasn't from his father. His father was a pagan. Uh, but it, it came from the influence of his grandmother and his mother who had placed their faith in Christ, who had, who had begun to walk with Him. They had grown in their walk with the Lord. They had grown in their maturity. And out of that, they lived before young Timothy what it meant to be a follower, a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. When, he, when Timothy saw his mom, I guarantee you, he saw a woman that claimed faith in Christ. She wasn't bashful about it. She wasn't ashamed of it. She wasn't hiding behind it, but she claimed it. She claimed it. And as she claimed it, she demonstrated a love for her faith. Not just for her faith, but for the Lord Jesus, the object of her faith. And because she had this great love for the Lord that, that just uh, flowed from her life, when uh, he saw what it meant walk. So, so if we recognize the, the, the goal of godly parenting as a sincere faith, what is the root of a sincere faith? Godly parenting. Parents who demonstrate before their children, not just that, hey, we can get in the car and drive to church, but that this means something in my life, then we can see the fruit of godly living, godly parenting born out in the children, particularly here she declares her faith. She loves the Lord Jesus. There's no question about that. And out of that love for Him, she lives that faith consistently. Uh, consistently. Consistently. How important is consistency in this life? It's important. It's important that your children see consistency. If you come and you put on a facade while you're in this building, you put on the right clothing, clothing. you put on the right smile, you, put, you get your hair just right, you come in and you act a part, and yet you go out from this place and you go into your home or you go into your into the restaurant this afternoon and, and that life you live outside does not match up with the life you claim while you're here, that is inconsistency. And the first thing that is noticed is somebody's not living the way they say. That's inconsistency. And here, uh, this, this mother, uh, Eunice and Lois, lived consistently before Him, so much so that He loved and walked with Jesus. But they also, not, it's not just about living, it's about teaching. I think this, this mother and grand, grandmother taught Him intentionally. Intentionally. How... How do we teach our children? We, have, we must do so intentionally. We, we've got to have a purpose about it. We've got to 
put it out there. We've got to go the, go the distance in teaching our children what it means to be a follower of Christ, why that is important to us, and how we can follow Him. And so the goal of godly parenting is sincere faith. And the root of sincere faith is godly parenting. So Paul concludes this, this little bit, uh, this paragraph as we have it to Timothy by saying this, For this reason I remind you to fan in the flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and self-control. How is it that our faith is going to continue? How are we going to have this continuance of faith? That is the result of godly parenting. Paul says, fan, fan into flame. How did Timothy know how to fan the flame? How did Timothy know how to stoke the fire? He saw it. Yeah, I'm sure he saw it in Paul's life. But I think long before he ever met Paul, he saw a mother. That through the ups and downs of, of, of living life with a pagan husband, through the ups and downs that life can throw at a family, consistently fan the flame of faith in her life. And so when Paul says to Timothy, fan the flame, Timothy knows what mom did. Timothy has seen it in the example of his mother. Just fan the flame. Fan the flame. God didn't give us, he says, God doesn't give us a spirit of fear or timidity. A power and of might of sound. Now listen, listen, how did Timothy know what it was like to live outside of, of this, this fear? How did, how did he rise above the fear that could so easily consume him? Because he saw mom live. He knew the Word of God as Paul had taught him. He knew the Spirit of God that lived in him, but he had the example of a godly mother that laid a path before him to fight and continue on in Jesus. You see, a mother's influence is crucial into the lives of her children. There are things that you may think about, and I, I realize some of you this morning, you, uh, you you may not have had a godly mother in your life. When you look at God's Word and you see the, the picture of parenting Christ has laid out, has established, has demonstrated in His Word, here's where you begin today. With the role of a godly Listen, this morning as we think about Mother's Day, as we as we celebrate our mothers, I, I want to encourage you, first of all, to give thanks for your godly mothers. To say thank you to your godly mother. Pick up the phone if you can and make the call. For those of you, there's some of you that are grieving this, this day because... Mom's gone to be with the Lord. Or Mom's gone on. I just want to encourage you to begin before the Father and saying thanks for the mother you have. This morning, I, I want to encourage you ladies. Listen, ladies. Now's the time. Today's the day, if you haven't already, to begin laying the path before your children. 
for your grandchildren. Stop being wishy-washy. Stop being so aloof or inconsistent in your walk with the Lord. Because what your kids need more than anything is Jesus. And one way they'll get Jesus is when they begin to see Him consistently and intentionally in you. I invite you this morning here at the altar. You want to say thanks to the Lord for your mom? do that or you can come and you can pray for your children. Pray for your grandchildren. Maybe today you need to repent of, of, of failure. Parents, husbands, fathers, moms. Maybe you need to repent that, that there's inconsistency in your life. Maybe you just want to come and say, God, today I begin walking with you Would you do that today? Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for the godly mothers in this room. I thank you, Father, for the the influences that, that are here. I thank you for those that are in our minds today as we we think about our mom that that may not be here today. And I pray, Lord, when we look and examine your scripture, your word, that when we see the godly influence in our lives, that we would we wouldn't hesitate to give thanks to you and show thankfulness to our, our mothers. Father, I pray for those today that need to begin fresh in their walk with you, so that their children, maybe even their grandchildren, can see Christ and Father, there may be some here today that are lost without you. Having declared a faith, but yet it's not real. Pray that today, in light of the cross, they would confess, repent of sin, be saved. They would rely completely on you to be the mother, even the father, that you call us. And you have your way in this time of invitation in Jesus' name. Amen. You stand with us this morning.